Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kit Podcast. Welcome back. I hope I wasn't too loud in your ear, <laughs> but welcome back, everybody, to another episode. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, we got, we got, we got quite a few things to get into today. We're gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about the NFL schedule. The NFL released its schedule, and it just, it, it just, it's just a reminder. The NFL just gave me and us. They gave us a reminder. Hey, why this league thrives? Um, I'm gonna talk more about the schedule. Um, the NBA playoffs and so forth. I'm gonna talk about some teams. Uh, I'm gonna talk about. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna talk about some playoff teams. Some things that I like. Some things that I don't like about certain playoff teams. So, let's get into it. I don't want to waste any time. Once again, I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kid of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, the IKP. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. That's not waste. That's not. That's not waste too much time. Let's not waste too much time, okay? Because I feel pretty good. Feel pretty good. I hope I hope everybody out there is doing pretty well as as well. Um, I hope everybody out there is feeling good. Feeling good. Um, it seems like we're moving in the direction of some type of normalcy. It seems like we're moving in a direction where if you're fully vaccinated, you don't need the mask in certain indoor areas. So that, that's a stepping stone. But now we have the gas situation. So never, ne- nevertheless, 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 let's, um, let's focus on sports. <laughs> so NFL schedule release. The NFL schedule release, and I told you guys that I think that the schedule, the schedule releasing, like I'm not even sure how much players really pay, you know, pay close attention to it. Um, I don't, I don't think they pay much attention to it. I, they probably pay. It's more of a fan thing. It's more of a fan spectacle, more so than like a player. Like players may look at it, but it's like, uh, they, you know. But I feel like it's a great, it's something good that the NFL, I mean, the NFL, they have done a great job with how they roll out certain things. Like these things, like the way how the NFL presents certain things and present different rollouts, it's not coincidental. Like it's not coincidental that the NFL dropped its schedule release, like, or they, or they had their schedule release right before the NBA playoffs. Like that, 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 that's because, because now instead of different sports shows, different sports networks talking about the NBA playoffs and getting ready for the NBA playoffs, what did most people, what are, what are most sports shows, most sports networks and television shows talking about? They're talking about the NFL schedule. They're talking about the release of the schedule. So it, it, it don't find that coincidental that the NFL, they roll out certain things at certain times. And I just want to, and I'm, I was, mar- I was just marveling over the week one schedule. Uh, the week one schedule looks really good. It looks really good. And let me talk about a, let me talk about before I even get into more of that. Let me talk about a particular team that I really that I have my eyes on. And you guys probably already know I talk about this team quite often, and I think it's a really good. I think this this game. It's going to show me a, a lot about this particular team. And it's the Cleveland Browns. It's the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to talk about the Buccaneers. I, you know, there's a lot of interesting games in week one. But 
last week, I think, yes, last week I praised the Cleveland Browns. Last week I praised the Cleveland Browns and I say, hey, the Cleveland Browns, looking at their roster from top to bottom, they have turned their weaknesses into areas of strength where they have a lot of depth. They got, you know, they got one year under Kevin Stefanski, so that's some, that's some type of stability. He sh- Kevin Stefanski shown that he can coach. He can coach. I like him. Baker play Baker played re- pretty well throughout the throughout last year. He played pretty well. Ba- we all know Baker is not an elite quarterback, but he played pretty well. So there's a lot of expectations coming with this Cleveland Brown team because they won 11 games. They they won a playoff game, and I mean the the game the division the AFC divisional playoff game versus Kansas City, it wasn't necessarily a a, a game there where they got outmatched. Uh, I mean, obviously Kansas City was the better team. I felt like, but Cleveland kept that game really interesting and compelling. So and compelling. So we have a so the Browns. A lot of expectations are around the Cleveland Browns. And I talked about their their over and under. Their, that's why I did that over and under because their over and under was nine and a half. I said I would take the over. But I did I, I did want to see the schedule, their schedule for, for just for like confirmation. And I think this week one matchup first, it's marvelous by the NFL. It's smart by the NFL to put Cleveland versus Kansas City week one. Cleveland versus Kansas City week one, four o'clock game. I would suppose that, that that's going to be on CBS. Um, and that's probably going to be like, you know, CBS game with, you know, that big time, that big time game right there, 425. So I, I like what the NFL did right there. A rematch of the AFC, the AFC division playoff game. And this is going to be a really good test for the Browns because I think we can all agree that the AFC has been dominated over the last couple of years, has been dominated and controlled by the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC. As much as I like Buffalo, as much as I like Baltimore, um, you know, New England has, you know, gone through the, you know, gone through what they've gone through. The Kansas City Chiefs reign supreme in the in the AFC. They reign supreme in the AFC over the last couple of years. So, in order to be the best, you often hear this. In order to be the best, you got to beat the best. And I feel like this is a great test for the Browns, and it's gonna it's gonna be a great measurement to see week one. In in week one, I, and it's week one. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna now. Obviously, I'm not saying. You know, if the Browns lose this game or if they win this game, I don't care about the result. But I do want I think it's a good measurement to see where the Browns are. It's a really good match because Kansas City, you know, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Andy Reid. It's going to be September. Andy Reid is a dominant coach in September. Andy Reid is dominant in September. Patrick Mahomes has never lost a game in September. His his stats his his stats his touchdowns to his touchdowns the interception ratio in September 32 to 0. 32 to 0 10 went 10 and 0 in September. So Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are practically unbeatable. They're unbeatable in September. 
So I feel like it's going to be a really good measurement test, a good measurement to see where the Cleveland Browns. It's going to be. It's going to. It's going to. It's a good measurement to to gauge where the Browns really are as a football team. Because, because you look at the look at you look at. I think Cleveland and Kansas City have both had pretty productive off seasons. As I've mentioned with Cleveland, they have fixed their weaknesses. The one glaring weakness that the Kansas City Chiefs had was offensive line. They they for the most part they fixed that up. So we're talking about two bona fide AFC contenders. And from top to bottom, when looking at from two to fifty three, from player two to fifty three, you could make the argument that the Cleveland Browns are better from player two through 53, you can make the argument the Cleveland Browns are as good or if not better than the Kansas City Chiefs. But you know why I say 2-53? to 53? Because Patrick Mahomes is the best player on the field whenever who, against whoever. And, 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 you know, versus Cleveland, <laughs> that's that's going to be the one, that's at, that's at least one advantage that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have. The Chiefs going to have the quarterback advantage. Patrick Mahomes is way better than he's better than Pat. He's better than Baker Mayfield. And then the coaching advantage, the quarterback advantage, and then the coaching advantage. But from player from from top to bottom, and you look at these other positions from you know from top of the roster to the bottom of the roster, Cleveland and and, and, and Kansas City match up pretty well. They match up pretty well. But it's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good measurement test to see can Baker Mayfield play up to the level of Patrick Mahomes, even with even with Kansas City and Cleveland being equally like equal like their rosters are probably equally as good. The one discrepancy is at the quarterback position. So can Baker Mayfield close that gap a little bit? Can he? He don't have to be Patrick. I'm not saying Baker Mayfield has to be Patrick Mahomes or has to be an elite guy, but can he close that gap? Can he close that gap where it's not so much of a of a discrepancy in quarterback play? Because at the end of the day, that's the that's what matters. Quarterback play. That's what's going to win you these big playoff games. Quarterback play. So. From two to fifty-three, the Browns match up really well with just about any team in the AFC. And when and when you're comparing them against Kansas City Chiefs, you can make the argument that they're equally as talented. Uh, I wouldn't be mad if somebody said Kansas City's more talented. I wouldn't be mad if if somebody said Cleveland's more talented. Uh, either way, but the the but the thing that's undisputable is the discrepancy at the quarterback position. And I think, more importantly, on September the 12th, Sunday afternoon, can Baker Mayfield play at the level where the discrepancy at the quarterback position is not so wide? That is the big, that is a key, That that's key. That's key. So I, I'm very interested and intrigued with all of these games listed for week one. I am very excited to see the Cleveland Browns match off versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Now, 
I mean, with 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 about eight to nine new defensive starters, week one, do you really want to play Kansas City? Uh, no, you don't want to go. You don't want to play Kansas City Arrowhead week one. No, obviously, but I feel like it's going to be a good measurement to see where the Cleveland Browns are between. Because, like I said, the AFC, like Kansas City, is the team to beat in the AFC. So, like, it'd be a good point. It'd be a good gauging point to see where Cleveland is. And I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see that matchup. Very excited, and there's a lot of great matchups. And let's go through them. Let's go. Let's go through these week one matchups. And I'm just looking at this week one schedule. I mean, the NFL did a brilliant job with putting together this schedule. Um, like for instance, Thursday, the Thursday night game, the Thursday night game, rain night for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, you guys probably already know the Dallas Cowboys will be playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, I mean, the Cowboys, they got Dak back. Dak is the new paid guy on the block as far as quarterbacks. Like, he just got the big time, the mega deal. He's on the Forbes list. You know, the Cowboys be healthy offensively. Offensively, they should be really good. Defensively, still the question mark. Obviously, the Buccaneers are the Super Bowl champions. They're getting their rings, Tom Brady and this offense. Then you got these superstars on defense. It's going to be a really good game. But I look at games like, um, you know, the, Seattle at Indianapolis. Indianapolis, they got a tough schedule to start off the season. But Seattle at Indianapolis. I get Pittsburgh at Buffalo. I get Green Bay at New Orleans. I get the Jets at Carolina. Now, some of you guys may frown upon that, but and, and you probably wonder, like, okay, Jets, Carolina, but get this, Sam Donald. Sam Donald plays his former team, the Jets. So there, you know, th- that that's a little storyline there. Um, the Chargers versus the Washington football team. That should be a great game. That should be a great game. Chargers versus the Washington football team. A lot of people. I, you, you guys know I'm really high on the Chargers. I think the Washington football team have a really good roster. I'm not so sure what they're doing at the quarterback position, but they have a really overall, really talented roster. I, me- I mentioned Kansas City and Cleveland already. I talked about that. But you got Miami and New England. That should be a really good game. Um, both teams, you know, missed the playoffs. My- Miami was really good last year. They won 10 games. Um, so, you know, Belichick is, Belichick is, is most vulnerable in September. Uh, so you, you, Chicago versus the Rams, Baltimore at, at Las Vegas playing the Raiders. I also find it interesting that the NFL for week one, they got the Packers at Saints at New Orleans on Fox. But then they got the Broncos at Giants on Fox. So, <laughs> and, and this is just something clever that probably some people won't even catch. And I don't, I, and I don't think this is coincidental. I don't find this coincidental at all because we're hearing rumors about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, we don't know if he's going to play for the Packers. You know, I, I, if I had to bet on it, I would probably bet that Aaron Rodgers probably returns to the Packers. But, hey, who knows? What if he gets traded to Denver? 
if he was to get traded to De to the Denver Broncos, Fox would have the Broncos at in Giants game for 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 four o'clock on Fox. But if they if if he doesn't get traded to Denver and he stays in Green Bay, the NFL it has itself covered because now they still have Green Bay at New Orleans on Fox at four twenty five. So either way, either way, Fox has itself covered for Week One with scheduling Packers or the Broncos at the same like they have themselves covered. So it's just it's it's little things like that that I look at that I find quite interesting um and entertaining. And and like I said, the NFL once again it it, it doesn't surprise me that they're a multi-million dollar business, a multi-billion dollar business, not a multi a multi-billion dollar business um and corporation. And yeah, I so I don't agree with some of the things, um some of the rules and regulations and how things how, how they go. I don't I don't necessarily agree with everything that the NFL, you know, goes goes and does, but when it comes to the product, when it comes to selling the product, when it comes to setting stuff up and you know, these rollouts, these perfect rollouts with the whether it's the draft, whether it's the releasing of the regular season schedule, just the little things, it's just little things that the NFL does that that makes that you know th that's why that's the main reason why they generate so much money and billions of dollars on a yearly basis um and and I talked about this with the NBA you guys if you if you guys are a regular listener of my of my podcast you guys know that I talk about the NBA and their scheduling it's the weirdest thing to me the NBA and they and they did it this year because they were they were forced to do it this year because the the finals had transpired back in October, so they came. So the season restarted back in December. But I never understood why the NBA. I never understood why the NBA had you know start their season on October. I, I in October. I never understood that, and I know it's been a it's been a thing that they've been doing for a long time, but I've never understood. Why start in October? Why start? Why why does the NBA start in late October, early November? Because late October, early November, that is a whole that's a whole bunch of postseason baseball. That is a that's a whole bunch of NFL football. You're getting into the mist. You're in the like you're in the middle of the NFL season, and then not to mention college football. The NBA starts their season. In the middle of the college football season, in the middle of the NFL season, and during the and during the baseball postseason, during MLB's postseason, I never understood that because you're competing for ratings, and the NBA always try and they like their ratings always suffer the first couple months, but this year, and I, and I'm not saying. I, I, and, and I'm not saying the NBA they don't like they obviously they make a lot of money and they generate a lot of money. But just imagine if they started their season on December 25th, like they should. The NBA should start their season December 25th. It's a grand opening. It's a grand opening. That is the perfect way to start off your season. I've said this countless, time, countless times on this podcast already. 
but it's the, it, it it's the it's the perfect way it's the perfect way to open up your season because you have the you have a bunch of storylines as i've mentioned the nfl season week 1 there's a bunch of storylines there's a bunch of storylines there's storylines all throughout the nfl schedule but week 1 you could tell they have storylines set up that they want to go after and you know for the you know for the nba they start their season November, October. I just don't like it. But in, in during the Chris during Christmas, what do people do? People open their gifts, obviously. You know, they celebrate Christmas with their families and so forth. But then in the afternoon, they turn on basketball. And usually on Christmas, that's where the NBA, you're able to show off your biggest stars. LeBron, KD, Steph, Luca, Zion. These, these, uh, you know, they're the countless stars. You're, that's when you're able to show off your stars. And then on, like, on the back end of the season, at the end of the season, where you're into the postseason, you don't have to compete with anybody. You don't have to compete with anybody. So I'm, so the NBA, I, I've, I've, I've talked about this topic many of times on this podcast. I don't want to go too in depth, even though I kind of gotten in. I don't want to go too in depth. But this is this is this is what kind of separates the NFL from other leagues, and this is why the NFL continues to reign supreme, because the the because the way how they do things and everything, the way how they market things, the way how they put out, like I said, their rollouts, the NFL rollouts are are perfect. They're perfect, and everything they do is strategical. Everything they do, they move with purpose, and everything they do is strategical, and it's not coincidental. Don't find it coincidental that the NFL released their schedule right before the playoffs started. Right? Like don't find that don't find it coincidental that they 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 snatched the airwaves and they snatched the headlines from all of these different sports shows and a lot of these sports shows weren't this week they weren't talking about the NBA playoffs. They were talking about Tim Tebow and the in the release of the NFL schedule and then they talk about some NBA don't find that coincidental that the NFL did that. Don't. Don't do it at all. Um, I'm gonna talk about the New York Knicks and how good the New York Knicks are in the second in the next segment. Um the New York Knicks, how good are they? All right, so speaking of the NBA, let's move on to the New York Knicks. Um, this is a topic that a lot of you guys have been, you know, requesting. You know, a couple, quite a few of you guys went, you know, been requesting for me to talk about the Knicks. So I guess I went, I'm sorry, I went on and talked about the Knicks. I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to talk about the Knicks and how good are they? How good are the New York Knicks? I've watched them. I watched them. I'm not going to say I watched them pretty often, but I watched them a number of times to know and to gauge like how, like how good they are. Um, and first off, it, it it's been a it, the New York Knicks and their emergence as being like a decent team this year has been a good story to follow. And I know all the Knickerbocker fans are happy. I know all the you know I know a lot of people in New York are happy about it. I know a lot of people in New York are happy about it to see the reemergence somewhat of the New York Knicks. You know, at least getting back to the playoffs, right? Cause they find themselves in the sixth seed. I think they're they're like eight games above five hundred. Yeah, they're thirty nine and thirty one. So they've had a pretty good season. 
Now, first off, I think it's important to add or, or in, important to note Tom Thibodeau has done a uh, he's done a good job. Simple as that. He's done a really good he's done a good job with this Knicks crew. Um, if you don't if you know anything about Tom Thibodeau, you know that his teams are going to be very, very defensive oriented. They're gonna play with a lot of energy. They're gonna play scrappy. They're gonna they're gonna give a lot of effort. And that's what this Knicks team, that's what they exemplify every night. Or at least every time I watch them, every time I watch the Knicks, it, it it's a it's a defensive battle. They play, they play with a they exert and they play with a lot of energy. And it's just scrappy basketball. You you know, Tom, like I said, Tom Thibodeau was the assistant coach for the 2008 Celtics where they won the championship and that and no and that Celtics team was elite defensively. Um you look at those Bulls teams that he had under you know with a young Derrick Rose and Luau Dang and Joakim Noah and uh, um and Carlos Boozer, no you know all those guys. That, that those were really good defensive teams. Those teams were relied on their defense. So it's no surprise that Tom Thibodeau has done the same thing with this Knicks team. Um, now, I think, it, once again, another thing. it This league nowadays, it's so easy because everybody's doing the same thing. It, it's a copycat league, and everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody's jacking up a lot of threes, you know, trying to get in the open court. It's a very up-tempo game. And with the Knicks... They play, like I said, they play with a lot of energy. They play with a lot of effort. And that that right there went, and they play good defense. That right there, those three things right there, that wins you 30 to 40 games. Like, obviously, you got to have the talent. Obviously, you can't, you know, you, like you can't, your team can't be a bunch of just scrubs. Obviously, you got to have some type of talent. But that right there, energy, effort, and that def- and the defense, that went in today, like I said, in today's game, that wins you 30 to 40 games. Because, like I said, everybody, like teams don't focus on defense as much. Everybody's jacking up threes. You know, everybody's running the same high screen pick and roll. You know, it's, it's the same thing. It's a copycat league. But so when the Knicks, so when you think of teams like teams that consistently win 50 games that you're like you, you have you have you guys ever looked at the standings and you're like damn how did that team win 50 games well it's they've won they won 30 to 40 of those games just based off they play with a lot of energy and effort every night literally that's like sometimes sometimes when you look at the standings and you look at a particular team and they have like 40 or 50 something wins in a regular year and you ask yourself, you're like, wow, how do they? No, it's just a lot of it is just energy and defense and effort. So that's what the Nick, that's what this Nick team exemplify. Um, I think as far as in the playoffs, I, you know, I, I, I would, I kind of wish that they could have gotten like the fifth seed or stayed like stayed at four or five because that would have been a more favorable matchup, but they had six. And they got to play Milwaukee in the first round, probably. They have to play Milwaukee. And Milwaukee is very similar. They play good defense. Uh, they got a lot of length on the perimeter. And I'm not sure if – I'm just not sure if the Knicks are ready for that. And, I, and and honestly, if you want me to be honest, I don't think the Knicks have enough firepower to be able to win a series like that. Could they win a game? Probably. Could they win a game? Yeah. 
But I don't think they have enough firepower. And when I watched the Lakers game this past week, I saw that. That was on full display. And as I said, this this Knicks team is scrappy. But scrappy only gets you so far. When like when we're talking about playoffs and we're talking about like making deep playoff runs, scrap mm, excuse me. Scrappy only gets you so far. Okay? Scrappy only gets you so far. So we we, we you know, we're just going to cut that out. Like the scrappiness and playing good defense, that yeah, that matters. That matters, but in the postseason, you need star power. And not to say that the Knicks don't necessarily have that. Obviously, I mean, Julius Randle's playing at a phenomenal level this year. But when it comes, like, in the postseason, down the stretch, we still got to see that. We still got to see that same – we got to see that same energy. But, I, but, but I'm going to get back to my point. When I watch the Knicks play the Lakers, the lack of offensive firepower showed. Because Julius Randle, like I said, having a really good year, he, he had 31 points. Derrick Rose had 27 points. But the rest of the Knicks team had 41 points, and they shot 13 for, they shot 13 for 38. So that right there is showing and, and R.J. Barrett. I kind of expect a little bit more from him. Um, He struggled big time that night. And he took an ill-advised bad shot at the end of the at the end of the game that I did not love at all. I thought he should have passed that ball. But I just think the Knicks, when you're getting into the playoffs, like the 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 formula and the recipe that they have, it's a really good recipe in the regular season. Because, because like I said, a lot of teams don't focus on defense nowadays. You know, teams don't give effort and energy every single night. So it's a so the Knicks in that recipe, it's a good formula with this group of players. That's a group, that's a good formula in the regular season. But in the postseason, you're gonna lead a little bit more than that, especially playing against a team like Milwaukee, who a lot of it, it look like Milwaukee's really going under the radar, and rightfully so, because everybody wants to see them get it done in the postseason where it matters, when it counts. But they are going under the radar, radar, and they're a really dangerous team. And I don't think the Knicks going to. I don't think the Knicks are going to beat them. But once again, I'm glad to see the Knicks be decent again. I often have this theory, and I don't necessarily. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right word to describe it. But I just have this theory or this take where leagues. Sports and different sports and different leagues are better when they're more when their most popular teams are better. Like, for instance, in, in the NBA, the NBA is better when the Knicks, when the Lakers, when those teams are winning, the NBA is better. Just like in the NFL, the NFL is better when the Cowboys, when the Steelers, when when the Packers when the Dolphins are winning, it's just it's because they're just, you know, they're historical franchises and the sport and the league is just better when those teams are winning. Just like, like teams like the Giants who are just blue blood franchises, the sport is better when those teams are winning. That's all. Just like in baseball, baseball is better when the Yankees, when the Red Sox, when the Dodgers are winning. Not to take any way, not to take anything away from a team 
like the Angels or the Seattle Mariners or like not to take any way not to, not to take anything away from those teams, but the sport is better <laughs> when the Yankees are winning. And I don't think that's necessarily a hot take. I just think it's like I think I think I, you guys let me know if you guys feel the same way. Or is that like common? Is that common or is that not common? Is that not like a common belief? Because in my opinion, I feel like the NFL is better when the Dolphins and when the Steelers and and, and, and when the, the Patriots, when the Cowboys are winning. I feel like the NFL is better when those teams are winning. I don't know. You guys tell me. But I just feel like the NBA is better when the Knicks and the Lakers are good. They're the most popular teams or the most value. I mean, they're the most valuable teams in the NBA. But I feel like they're, they're when they're winning, the NBA is great. So, you know, I'm an advocate of the Knicks being good finally or being decent, halfway decent. You know, if you don't want to consider them like a good team or a great team, you know, I, I think they're I think they're a I think they're a team where it, it's good to see them being decent and back into like into relevant conversations. You know what I mean? Like we've, we've been talking so down about the Knicks over the last couple of years. It's just we're just glad to see them above water. We're just glad to see that we're just glad to see that they didn't drown. <laughs> so yeah, um, <clears throat> you guys let me know if uh, if I'm tripping or if that's a common belief or a common opinion that we may share about different sports leagues being better when the more when the more popular teams are winning. Um, but speaking of Another popular team in the NBA, the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's get to the Los Angeles Lakers. And I, I've been, I've been thinking about this. But could the could the play in benefit the Lakers, or could the like can the play in actually benefit them, um, or is it like is the play in their best route? Is it their best route and direction to get back to the finals? I'm gonna tell you guys more about that. All right. So as we get closer and closer to the NBA playoffs, but prior to the NBA playoffs, we have the NBA play-in, and uh, you, <laughs> you guys know how I feel about the NBA play-in, the play-in tournament, right? So, seven, you know, seeds 7 through 10, each conference, and, you know, they play in the play-in, 7 play 8, 9 play 10, um, and, and to be honest, if you want me to be honest, to be honest, the Lakers making the play in may not be the bad, the worst thing. Like, think about it. I know from from the from just just hearing that statement, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers in the NBA play in tournament. It sounds bad, right? Like the 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 sound of it just doesn't sound right. Like the Lakers in the play in, what doesn't sound right? But let me tell you why. Let me tell you why the Lakers may may the play it might why the play in might be the best option. Because if the Lakers so basically from five to seven, there's a one game difference. The Dallas Mavericks are at five. Um, they have one less loss than Portland and the Lakers. They have um they're 41 and 29. The Mavericks. The Mavericks are 41 and 29. They got the fifth spot. The Mavericks most likely will have the fifth spot. 
So the fifth side, the fifth, the fifth spot is virtually a lock. Then the sixth seed, you have Portland. Portland lost a very close game to the Phoenix Suns, which gave them their 30th loss. But the Portland, but the Portland Trailblazers are 41 and 30. The Lakers are 40 and 30. So the late, so the Blazers have one more win. Um, the Blazers, I think the Blazers, both the Blazers, I think the Blazers have the tie break over the Lakers. So the Blazers, all they got to do is win one more game versus the Nuggets, and they are in the sixth spot. The Lakers, they could, they could still end up in the sixth spot. But they would have to hope that the Blazers lose and the Lakers would obviously have to win. So the point is, why why might the play-in be the best case scenario for the Lakers? Well, it's easy. The Los Angeles Clippers are at three. (laughs) The Clippers are at three. And if you're a Lakers, I mean, if you're a Laker fan, if this is, you know, Laker Nation out there, you probably don't want to play the Clippers in the first round. Now, either way, you're going to have to beat a, a, a really good team. But I don't think the Lakers want to play the, the Clippers in the first round. <laughs> I don't think that's like the most ideal spot. I don't think that the, I don't think that's the most ideal matchup. I don't. I don't think that's the most ideal matchup. Not saying that the Lakers wouldn't be able to win the series, but boy, for that to be a first-round series, that is awfully tough. And plus, the Clippers, you know, they got Rondo, Serge Ibaka's coming back. You know, they they're peak. The Clippers, just like the Milwaukee Bucks, the Clippers are under the radar because of their playoff because of their playoff meltdown last year. So everybody is just like, yeah, we, we got to wait and see what happens with the Clippers. Nobody is fully confident in the Milwaukee Bucks or the Clippers because, I, like, like I said, both teams have had, you know, the well, the Bucks over the last several years, over the last couple years have had tremendous regular seasons that, but then underperform in the playoffs. The Clippers – they built this great team. A lot of people around the NBA world thought that the Clippers had the best overall roster in basketball last year, and they thought the Clippers would at least get to the conference finals. A lot of people had the Clippers winning the finals, but a lot, but most people had the Clippers getting at least to the conference finals. They lost in the second round to the Denver Nuggets, and not only did they lose, they gave up a 3-1 lead. So both teams are just flying under the radar. Both teams are just sliding under the radar. And like I said, I don't think the Lakers want to play the Clippers in the first round. I wouldn't want to do that. Even if I am the champs, even if I could win the series, I don't want to. I mean, the Clippers in the first round, that's not the most ideal matchup. But if the Lakers were to make the play in, They're hands down the absolute best team. And I'm not saying, could the Warriors beat the Lakers one time? Yeah. 
But you gotta beat, you gotta lose two times. You gotta lose two times. And out of the Warriors, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the San Antonio Spurs, none of those teams, I don't think, in this type of in, in that type of in a play-in tournament format, I don't think none of those three teams will be able to beat the Lakers two times. Could they beat them once? Could the Warriors beat the Lakers once? Sure. But the Lakers will not lose two times to none of those teams. So, yeah, they're actually, you know, with in with being in the play-in, you have to play extra games. But the Lakers are head and shoulders better than all three of those teams. Warriors, Memphis, and San Antonio. They're heads and shoulders better than all of those teams. I, you know, you and once again, you guys tell me what you guys tell me what you think. Because I'm looking at it. Would you rather want to would you rather play extra game, a, a couple more extra games? Avoid playing the Clippers in the first round. Get um get a first potentially get a first round matchup versus the Phoenix Suns, a team where the late yes Phoenix has had a great regular season. Chris Paul has had a great season. Devin Booker's had a great season. Monty Williams has done a great job with this coach with this team. But come on, let's be honest. The Lakers won't lose to Phoenix in the first round. If the Lakers are fully healthy, they won't lose to Phoenix in the first round. They won't because the Lakers are the better team. So would you rather go through the play-in, play, win a couple, play a couple extra more games and get a more favorable first-round matchup or you get to the sixth spot and you have to play the Clippers in the first round? That's honestly, that's, um, that's honestly the dilemma. Honestly, that's what that's what's at stake for the Lakers. So, I mean, because if you're the Lakers, obviously, I think we I think we can all agree. You would if you're the Lakers, you would rather play Phoenix or Utah in the first round. Okay, like either way, those are three of the best teams: Utah, Phoenix, and Clip and the Clippers top three seeds in the Western Conference, but you would rather play Utah and Phoenix other than Clippers, because that would be a dogfight. Like, even, I think the Lakers could win that series, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. If the Lakers are fully healthy. I'm not saying they can't win the series, but it'd be a dogfight. It'd be much, it would be, it would be, a, it would be a dogfight. It'd be nip and tuck. But, if you're looking at from this playing tournament, I know some people are like, hey, one game situation, anything can happen. A player can get hurt. Anthony Davis happens if Anthony Davis gets hurt or, you know, Steph gets hot. Hey, it happens. But I don't know. And, 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 and to my point, I, and I'm trying to, I'm, you know, that's why I said, you guys tell me what you guys think. Because is it, is it, would it be difficult? Or would you rather would you rather have the road of playing the Clippers first round three versus six, or play in tournament? The Lakers are better than the three teams, the other three teams: Memphis, Golden State, and San Antonio. Right? They're better than the three teams. Those those three teams. But it, it 
it's not single elimination. You gotta be you gotta lose two times. But is it Wood Road is tougher. Because at least with at least with playing the Clippers, you would have a week off. You would have a week off. At least with playing if you're playing if they were to play the Clippers and get the number six seed, they would have a week off. And then at the, if you think about it, at some point you're gonna have to beat the Clippers. To get out the West, you're gonna at some point you're gonna probably have to run into the Clippers. At some point. <laughs> so so when you think about it, it's it, it's 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 definitely um a situation in a scenario that is very nip and tuck. And and in another and to drift kind of like shift off of that, but talk about the same topic as far as the Lakers being in the play in. From an NBA perspective, if the Lakers, and I'm not saying they will, because if they are in the play-in, I think they will like make it out of the play-in and advance to the, the actual NBA playoffs, I think. But the NBA's worst nightmare would be if the Lakers did not, if, if the Lakers lost in the play-in tournament and did not make the playoffs. That would be the NBA's worst nightmare. Hey, that that would literally be the NBA's worst nightmare if the Lakers lost in the playing tournament and did not make the NBA playoffs. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But, hey, one game, anything can happen. But I don't think that's going to happen. And I know that sounds weird, and I usually don't talk like this. but. I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't. But that would be the NBA's worst nightmare because then you're you're taking away the Lakers, the biggest brand in the sport, in, in the league, the biggest brand in the sport, in the league. And not only are you taking away that, you're taking away LeBron James. You're taking, you're taking away LeBron James. So you're removing, you're removing the biggest brand as far as the team. You're removing the, the biggest team brand in your league, they don't make the playoffs, and you're removing the most popular player or the biggest, you know, the biggest player with the biggest brand in your league as well. So it's very interesting to see how these, to see how these, you know, certain scenarios and situations work out. Um, like I said, I think the Lakers, if the if the Lakers are fully healthy, I'm still confident that they can make it out the Western Conference. I'm still confident that, that that they can make it out the Western Conference. If the Lakers are fully healthy, I'm confident that with that with LeBron and AD mixed with their role players that are willing to defend. I I, I like the Lakers to get out the Western Conference if they're fully healthy. It doesn't and, and, and like I said, it doesn't matter. Like that would be such a tough series against the Clippers, but at some point you're gonna have to play them, right? So it's just um dang we do dang we don't but that's just my take on it. I think the Lakers are f if they're at full strength, I like them to come out the Western Conference. Simple as that. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's wrap it up. Um, this has been a good pod. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, play in like I said this upcoming week the play in tournament it will start it will begin. Boy oh boy, NBA season has is winding down we're getting into the postseason 
So it should be some fun. Um, always stay. You guys continue to support. Continue to um, share this podcast. Continue to share this podcast. You guys are doing a good job. Um, like I said, guests coming. We got guests coming. Uh, we got guests coming to talk about the NBA playoffs, the breakdown of the NBA playoffs, and so forth. So um, we're gonna we're gonna have that ready and set for these next few for the next few episodes. We're gonna have that set and ready. Um, but I always remember two choices, one decision. Um, I catch you guys on on Wednesday. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. I see you guys. Peace, deuces.